Hello everyone, my name is Ricardo and I'm a wheel addict. Welcome to the Skate Talk with the Wheel Addict number 40. Yes, that's right, we actually recorded 39 episodes before this one. And if you listened to the last episode about 3D printing skate equipment, well, today, today we're going to still be talking about 3D printing skate equipment. Yes, we're back on 3D printing and, well, over the last couple of episodes, maybe the last three, four, I don't really know. I've been having a co-host with me on this podcast. His name is Kamil Czura. He comes from Poland. I, I always say that he is the biggest skate geek that I know, in a good way, obviously. So, Kamil, it seems like we don't have the exact same opinion when it comes to 3D printing. Am I right? Yes, you are definitely right. <laughs> uh, I get the impression that you are super hyped about this stuff, like uh, thinking that in uh, several years we will have the 3D printed skates on the market. But I am a little bit more like, you know, like have lukewarm feelings, I would say, like I'm not so hot for it. <laughs> I don't think that this will be such a huge change for the for the industry as it could appear from the episode um, of the uh, on the YouTube channel that you did uh, oh. with Claudio with uh, Yes, yes, yes. Let me, let me interrupt with... you. So what happened was and just to inform everyone, so basically about one week ago, we were supposed, almost a week ago, we were supposed to to make these right after I filmed that episode because it was a YouTube episode, but I ended up uploading it as a podcast. So for everyone listening to this, please maybe go listen to the other one first to the previous episode first so that we you actually know about what we are talking about here. Basically, on that previous episode, we had may, maybe the three experts that we have in 3D printing in the skate industry, at least at the moment, or at least the three guys that are putting their name into 3D printing skate equipment. So yeah. maybe listen to that and then you might understand. Now, going to... Now, now I'm going to kind of like answer to what you said and I'm going to need to to say that <laughs> you are right about me being excited but at the same time after the last episode it changed my opinion a little bit maybe you were right when you said that I really thought we were going to have skates being done in a couple of years and I really believe that they're going to happen maybe a little bit after what I thought but According to Kyle and Claudio, Kyle Sola, which is the owner of Sola Skate Equipment, mm -hmm. and Claudio, who's been someone that has been working in motion design and has been doing a lot of, I don't know, I can say open. He's been making, he's been producing open source stuff. <laughs> yeah, open yeah. source 3D printed. Yeah skate equipment so basically you can make your own frames you can make your own solemn soul plates and all that and according to these two guys who've been, who've been working it who've been doing it for a while 
they say that at the moment it's possible to already do even a boot, but it's very, very expensive. So should actually be used more for customization when someone has really a special need for something or when you are really someone that really wants to try something and obviously can afford it. But what got me really excited is to know that nowadays companies can actually use it for actually testing gear. Because the truth is, you know it, if we are producing a new skate, a lot of times they even make a 3D printing sample. And the 3D printing sample, everything seems to be perfect. But then (laughs) from the 3D printing sample to the final one after having a mold, a lot of things can change. So maybe making making a skatable... 3D printing thing, <laughs> 3D printing, 3D printed part might be a difference. But yes, you are right when you say that I was extremely, and I still am, extremely excited about it. Yeah. So <laughs> you you already touched on on three subjects I, I want to cover, like the cost uh, and the definition of skatable, um, you know, and the molding process and testing phase. Like, so maybe let's start from the beginning. I would like to uh, cover for our um, listeners, for our audience, yeah, <laughs> listeners, for our audience, that's um, the, the, like the, what the 3D printing is about, basically. Like um, the 3D printing method used by uh, Kyle uh, Claudio and um, by Justin. Justin uh, is called uh, selective laser sintering. So it works in that way. You have like a big box with the powder. There's an applicator that covers the bottom of the box with the one layer of a powder. And then laser, high-powered laser, fuses this together according to the instruction set from the database. Then after the first layer is covered, is fused, it is getting covered with another layer of dust. And then it is fused and so on. And that's why it's usually, is is that why it usually looks like stripes, little stripes? Yeah. Okay. Uh, exactly. So you have layer of material on uh, top on of another layer of material, and so on. And you know, like there are certain like limitations to this technology. Um, so you can imagine it like uh, doing a tower from the Lego bricks. So stuck in one Lego brick on top of another. So that structure is really strong when we compress it, when we are squishing it from top to bottom on from the sides. It's really, really strong. And current 3D printing methods are almost as strong. The end result uh, when it comes to squishing is almost as strong as the injection molded parts. But if you will take that Lego tower and pull apart the ends of this tower, it will break easily. And this is the share uh, strength. So pulling apart horizontally. And there is also a tensile strength, which is pulling apart vertically. So if you would take this tower and try to break it like a stick, it's 
also extremely easy to do. And this is the same with the 3D printing. Like, um, as I said, the compression, the squishing strength is almost as good as the um, injection molded parts. But when it comes to another two, it's like we are in between a range of 35% of uh, being as strong as the injection molded parts. So it's much, much weaker. So it's 70% weaker. Now the qu- Is that it? 70% yeah, it's, weaker? It's like, yeah. yeah it's, it's about, it depends on the material, on the exact 3D printer, because, you know, like there are different printing methods, but like the main issue is that it's the end result is not as strong now there are ways to like uh, get around this because if you have like some small machine part you can made it printed uh, oriented uh, i mean the orient the 3d model in space when it gets printed in a way that will uh, you know make the best use of the squishing strength Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you are printing something like a boot, it gets difficult because um, when you are skating the boot, all kinds of forces um, with different directions will be applied. Um, like will be applied. So yeah, so the end result will never be as strong as the injection molded part. Man, I need now, to interrupt you now. Hours. I need to interrupt you. Just never say never. <laughs> but let me just, yeah. I can. I hear you talking about all those technical terms. I know that people might be thinking about this and I don't want to interrupt your thinking, but you're talking like an engineer. Why? Yeah, <laughs> because, because I have the engineering degree. Okay. Uh, like <laughs> it's not in the field of material because I... Uh, been studying the food technology, like not like cooking, but more like, um, you know, like designing the uh, processing lines and so on. Uh, and during my studies, I had a little bit of the work with materials, uh, a lot of physics and so on, and chemistry also. So I know a little bit about the molecular stuff you can you can say uh, of how the materials work and what i want to cover next is why there is such a difference in strength between the 3d printed model which is layered basically uh, and the injection molded part because injection molded part is one piece uh, and the you know the 3d net between the molecules of the material is much stronger because there are like connections in between all of them. And in the 3D printing, when one layer cools down, another is added on top, the connection between those two layers is not as strong, to put it simply. Like the the molecules cannot bind together as good. Let so me let me explain something why. that it's done in construction work for that. Uh, something that can be very visual for a lot of people too. Uh, I, I live in a very industrial town. And in this industrial town, there's a lot of factories. And in factories, there are, there's a lot of big chimneys. And 
Something that I've heard since I was young is that the construction of the chimney can never be by layers. So they, when they start constructing it, if it's a cement tall one, once they started, it can't ever end. It can't never ever break until it ends because of that that you're saying. Because if it dries out, when they start doing something, it creates a weak point. So once they started, yeah. they always keep it going. So once it's drying, it's always fusing the right way, making it a stronger piece. So this might be a, a, a more a, a also a very visual thing that people will understand. Is it? Yeah. So definitely, this 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 is it basically. Uh, so you know, like uh, I would also like to cover. This is like maybe a side subject. Uh, the confusion when it comes to the alumni, like a lot of people think that alumni is basically like 3D printing aluminum, but it is not. But it's possible. Uh, as, um, yeah, but we are still not there when it comes to, to price and... Uh, yeah, not know, affordable, like, but um, it's fully possible to make aluminum. Not, not affordable, but it's, it's, it's possible to print the metal, but... Alumni is something different, and um, when the guys, when Claudio and uh, Justin said that alumni slides more like a plastic, it's because it's basically is plastic. It's nylon, so we've added, um, I think that fifteen percent of the aluminium dust. Thirty, so thirty percent, according to Carl, was thirty percent. Yeah. Or 30%. So basically you have like um, the whole structure of the material that you are printing is the, the nylon, the plastic, and the particles of aluminum are trapped in this net of, of the plastic. So you can say like it's kind of like the aluminum is dispersed in the plastic, like, you know, Mm-hmm. Let's say like like a gel when you have uh, one substance dispersed in another, which forms like three D net, three D structure uh, that supports the whole thing together. So the aluminite is not a substitute for the aluminium. Aluminium is added to make the material harder. So you know, like uh, less. Um, I would say like uh, not less brittle, but um, it's definitely stiffer. less squishy. I would say. <laughs> stiffer. The, it's the, stiffer. Simply, yeah. yeah. The truth is, yeah. When you have, uh, I think you call it alumide, but when you call it on the alumide parts, you don't see that many lines. If that makes sense, those lines that we were talking about, that it, they're very common on three yeah. D printing, you don't see them as much on alumide. I got the blocks from. From Kyle, the, the the I think they're made by a company called iMaterialize, and they make the blocks. Kyle left the open source uh, project, and through that company, you can order the blocks for the solar frame. Also, the frame that I have a full on sixty eight millimeter frame made by Claudio, and it's I think it's also I don't know I don't think this one is. Alumide, but you can see the difference. One, you see more the lines, and the alumide block, you don't see it. It kind of looks like, um, I wouldn't say aluminium, I wouldn't also say yeah. plastic. It's just a different thing. Yeah. 
so yeah so i just wanted to like get this out of the way because you know like some people may think that we are uh, like already there when it comes to 3d printing the aluminum frames for example but which is not not true simply at this time maybe in the future but at this time like making a aluminum frame it takes either cnc or um or the molding is called like extruding process so yeah so this is how uh, current aluminum frames are produced we also have the gravity casting which is uh, for example what power slide uses to make their uh, trinity frames the cheaper ones but it's also like a very variant of uh, of molding techniques so we are not yet there when it comes to printing aluminum frames don't expect something like a wizard frame to be 3d printed anytime soon <laughs> that's what i'm saying yeah i believe that and, especially after what you said a frame like the the wizard which is a taller frame would suffer more from those torsions than a frame like the solar if they would both be 3d printed because the solar yes it would have impact it would have some torsions but it's a lower frame now a frame like that like a taller frame, like a 100 millimeter frame, would for sure be under more stress. Yeah, I'm gonna let you keep going. Sorry. Yeah, that no worries, Ricardo. <laughs> it's I mean, it's your podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. But <laughs> so I'm I'm very interested uh, about it. So I'm 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 listening to it and I'm I'm getting it for myself. I'm learning. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like I was also interested. In interested in where we stand with the price point of 3d printing versus more traditional uh, production techniques and you know the 3d printing have uh, one big flaw even though it makes designing the product and making some slight changes and even the small production run runs more affordable it doesn't really scale that well uh, in terms of cost when you are going with bigger quantities. Like uh, I found a paper which covered the injection molding cost of part versus the uh, 3D printing of the same part. And the part in question was some shielding for the machinery, which was in size something between the sole plate and the skate shell so it's like halfway between when it comes to amount of the material and the dimensions mm -hmm. and you know like if you would want to make like a frame example one, frame just one, like yeah like just just one piece of that then 3d printing that would take you it would cost you about $200, the United States dollars, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, making just one unit uh, via injection molding would cost you nearly $10,000. So there is a huge cost difference. But if you would like to make like 200 units, then the 3D printing cost drops to about $170. 
and mm -hmm. it won't drop any lower than that because the 3d printing is still a very high-tech solution so you are not paying for the material as much as you are paying for occupying the time of the machine basically. but i, I will and explain you why the... i can explain you why when once you finish what you're saying i can explain you why it costs that yeah and also the 3d printing it's a lot of energy because uh, it's done via high-powered laser so it simply goes through the electricity like like crazy so it's also additional cost of operating that machinery but if you would make those 200 units uh, via inje injection molding it would take you only 55 dollars per unit so we are at 200. 200 is not a big number, I would say. Like for someone who wants to enter the frame market, like making 200 units, it's nothing. It's not That's 100 pairs of frames. That's nothing. It's, it's, yeah, two, 200 pairs of frames. Uh, no, like 200 nothing, units. Basically. 200 units would be 100 yeah, pairs. So, yeah. So that's nothing. Yeah. 100, 100 pairs. It's nothing. So. Now you have 3D printing would cost you like 170 per pair and injection molding would cost you like $55 per pair. So you can get a better margin the, at, the, um, at the sale mm -hmm. price yeah. and you can also lower the sale price. So it makes more sense. And the fun starts here because the more units you go, the lower the price of injection molding gets. And with the uh, 3D printing, this kind of stops at one moment and goes flat. You cannot go any lower than about $150. Like this is like the um, bottom for the um, for this type of piece at those dimensions at least for now but with injection molding if you want to make like 2000 pairs of um of the products or simply 2000 units so it's even 1000 pairs of frames it will cost you like 10 dollars per unit so it's massive cost savings yes and, and that's uh, applying that to what we have at the industry right now that's what's happening with skates like imagine like the AN, the USD AN at first it was a fixed price because that's when they first got their mold. Obviously the mold needs to be paid and all that. After a couple of years, they are able to bring the cost of those skates down. Just I'm talking about the AN, but there's obviously other skates. The reason why the the Razors SL, as an example, they started as a premium skate yeah. and nowadays they, they are able to sell them for a lot cheaper because they keep on using the same molds. They they own the molds, and the skate, like the the production cost becomes cheaper and cheaper and cheaper because the mold is paid. Now, I'm going to comment on what you just said, and that was actually a conversation that I had with Kyle and Justin and Claudio. I don't know if it was on the podcast because we were talking a little bit before we recorded. But something that Claudio told me and Kyle was backing him on that was that 
at the moment and not anytime soon, people will not be able to buy 3D printers. Even if most of us know the 3D printer company that people are using, which is most of the times HP, according to what they say, they are the ones that produce the printer that allows them to use that technique that you just said. I think it's SL something. SL... Mm -hmm. SLS? SLS. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a printer by HP, but they say that at the moment it costs, I don't want to say anything wrong, but I think it's 750,000. I think that's it, 750,000 euros. Yeah. So it's something, Claudio, Claudio works in the cinema industry. He, he does a lot of motion graphics, and you might have seen a lot of his work on a lot of skating videos. Like even Valo used some of his stuff. I know that a lot of times when you see like those very cool graphics, if you wait for the for the credits of that video, most of the times there will be something saying graphics by Claudio Antonelli. So yeah, he's really into it. And he was telling me that having a having a 3D printer, it's it's kind of like having a cinema camera. No one has a cinema camera. The studios or the production yeah. companies have the cinema camera. So it's basically, I guess they're saying the exact same as you. And at during that conversation, we all came, not me, because I was just listening, just I'm listening to you. I don't really know enough about 3D printing. I'm learning and I love it. But everyone keeps on saying that at the moment, it's something that can be used by the passionate skaters to to bring something new, to bring their ideas, to show their ideas. But when it comes to quantity, it really needs to go, at the moment, it really needs to be injection molding. And you spoke about price, but something that is also very important, according to Kyle, is the time. So for a, a part to be 3D printed, it takes a lot of time compared to injection molding. Not just the cost, not just yeah. the... Um, you spoke about something that Carl didn't really say it the same way. He didn't spoke about being more fragile or stronger, but he did say that it takes a lot longer. So at the moment, it's not there yet. A good example that I gave. On, uh, sorry, go 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 ahead. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Um, like uh, currently, and this is coming even from the like industries uh, when it comes to the production of the various parts like the uh, insight of you know on all of this is like the injection molding and 3d printing are complementary like the companies are using the 3d printing at the uh, you know beginning of the project where they still are polishing the details when they are tweaking the uh, dimensions the shape of the parts and how things should work and when the project is finalized and they have the demand high enough for the products, they switch to the injection molding because it simply makes more sense when it comes to time and cost. So, and also to how strong the end product is. So like you can say like 3D printing is good for the small runs and for, you know, prototyping. But at the moment, like we are still, being pretty far from any company on the market making, I would say, even the, something like frames uh, in like bigger quantities only via 
3D printing. Like if someone like Claudio will uh, wants to release a limited run of certain frames, uh, 3D printing can be perfectly good for it. But if uh, that person would want to enter the market with a new frame company, the injection molding once the product is finalized would be the way to go. Obviously. And that's what exactly what I was going to say. A good example of that is John Julio has been working with people such as Claudio and Kyle. Those are two experts when it comes to 3D printing. Like I said, Claudio has been doing graphics for Valo videos and even for them now with their more, more recent videos. And Kyle, Kyle helped designing the 909. So if 3D printing was already there for inline skates, they would for sure be using it because why would they spend the money on a mold if the 3D printing was there? That I need to agree with you. Now, this is obviously relating this to the skate industry because there are companies already that are using the 3D printing for their high-end products. Good example is... What Kyle Sola does as a full-time job, he works for a 3D printing spec company, Classes. So they do specs, and I don't really know the name of it. I don't really know the brand, but they are apparently something very... They, they, can you imagine? They 3D print the lenses. <laughs> so it's it's a thing. Yeah. It's That's... I don't really know. I don't even know the techniques used or anything. I don't know the cost of something like that. Size-wise, they're not as big as the skate, but I believe that might be something very expensive. I will actually ask him and try to to bring that back to <laughs> to the show soon. Also, big companies such as Adidas and Nike, they're already using it. They're already producing shoes, very expensive shoes. Some of the most expensive shoes in their lines are 3D printed. Obviously, they do it because they need to be on the top of the chain of evolution. Like when it comes to evolution, they need to be there. So if that thing ever comes, they need to be the company to say, we did it. We did it before everyone else. So I don't know. I, I do believe, I still believe that the technology, it will evolve to the point that we will be laughing about <laughs> the the injection yeah, molding like, in a couple of years we're going to be laughing about it i don't know how like when but... the, uh, what you just said about the lenses and even the shoes like the 3d printing uh, have one advantage like of course if the resolution because 3d printing also have the resolution like normal 2d printing if the resolution is high enough you can get the end product to be made in more precise manner than by injection molding, for example. So like it can be, I think that um, when you brought up the lenses, they do this because the uh, optics are basically tricky to get right like uh, when it comes to lenses for the cameras and so on so the 3d printing with uh, increased uh, with uh, i forgot the word man <laughs> with, yeah just, just uh, like just like yeah with 
yeah with increased precision yeah printing uh, printing with increased precision uh, makes the product better so it makes sense that they do this but when you look at the skates do you really think that we need a very high precision for what yes and no skaters do Maybe. yes and no aggressive <laughs> skaters no but let me talk let me let me go with what you just said first i'm going to comment on what you said and a good example of it would be i remember in 2005 there was a friend of mine one friend of mine no 2001 one friend of mine that had a digital camera he had a digital photo camera from canon that could shoot two megapixels <laughs> two <laughs> megapixels last week and we were talking about the photo camera last week Blackmagic just released a new camera that films 60 frames per second in 12K. Meaning that if you just stop a frame, if you just stop, if you just pause it, and if you make a picture of that frame, there will be 80 megapixels. So we're talking about 20 years, and in 20 years a lot can happen. We have like cameras now shooting 150 megapixels. That means that it's 75% more precision. And if that, I believe that, like, I, I guess you also believe in the same, that obviously in the future, it will happen sooner or later. Now, yeah. when it's going to happen, no one knows. <laughs> you know, like, when the when the cost of the equipment will go down because at the moment it's pretty high-end stuff and making some something which is basically low-tech like an aggressive skate because when you look at the trends in skating like the freestyle slalom the even the inline alpine the free skating they all gravitate towards the high-end carbon compressed carbon boots but the aggressive skates are basically stuck of course there are like, like adapts or usd carbons but aggressive skates are stuck at the plastic boot plastic sole plate plastic frame stage so like it's pretty the aggressive skates are pretty low tech i would say compared to the other skates types let me um, comment on that with so, two things. So yeah, after you go, 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 go ahead. So, so, so yeah. So it's like uh, putting in like uh, a high-end technology to achieve end result, with which can be achieved in the similar with the similar end result, or even better with the traditional injection molding technique or something else, and. I was actually uh, thinking about this, how how this is reversed to working with the carbon, because if you take like the carbon boot, the making of the carbon boot is pretty basic when it comes to the technology, because it's just uh, getting one layer of carbon, then applying the resin, then another layer of carbon or something, some other material. And then, you know, like merging those uh, under low pressure, so basically under the vacuum. So it's pretty low-tech process, but you get high-end product. And with the 3D printing, it's 
reverse. You are you have high end process, but you get the low end product. I would say so. Yeah. So so that's what, how I see it now. Okay, I have three things that I need to talk about now. After what you just said, I have three things that I need to talk about after you just said. Number one, aggressive skating being low tech. I I agree with you. But knowing that the numbers are usually not that huge when it comes to aggressive skating and knowing that a lot of fashions, <laughs> trends come and go very fast, sometimes investing in a molds might be also very, very tricky. So 3D printing can help in that. You know, like sometimes there's a new frame comes out, they sell a full batch of those. And then if the frame comes out again, no one cares about it anymore. Good example. Uh, obviously, it took a lot longer, but the shadow frames. Obviously, it took a couple of years, but they like Kaiser don't even make their frame anymore. They make it, the Type X, somehow. They only make it in a small yeah. size. That's it. So things go through trends. And somehow, if the technology becomes more affordable, this possibility of making smaller batches and more customizable can be a good thing. We're far yet. <laughs> then we're talking about yeah. cost, cost. As an example, how much does it cost to make a custom racing or speed skating boot? It's very expensive. If you make a custom mold yep. boot, I don't know, some boots can cost up to 1500 up to up to 2000 just for the boot. So, but this is because they are all handmade, <laughs> and you know, like made made for order. So basically, like take a look at what Adapt does. Like uh, they uh, they also handmade their their skates, but they have like established production line. They have like uh, the shell in the general shape. I would say. And, uh, you know, like this allows them to be more efficient and bring the cost down. But if you would like want to make the fully custom skate, so like taking a cast of your of your feet and then building around this, it will cost you more. Yes. Uh, probably. So this is so. So, yeah. So it, on the adapt subject, I was also thinking like if company like adapt would be able to use the 3D printing shells to came out with a cheaper skates, a kind of like carbon freeze, you know, like the plastic shell with the car with the same outer. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, like then I realized that the 3D printing in itself, it's not as cheap yet. So it could actually be more expensive than the what they currently have uh, with their lower end models which are still based on carbon so okay so, so something yeah, that I, I still so, don't don't understand about adapt is I I don't understand how they didn't make a custom mold aggressive skate yet like speed skates because they have everything to be able to do it I believe now when it comes to carbon skates yes they are high end people can make smaller numbers and the most expensive thing 
is to have the the foot molds that you need. And that's why they're usually done at the same factories. So when you look at smaller companies, I'm going to give the speed skating example. A lot of them do custom molds. Why? Because for them, <laughs> they don't really have the right sizing yet on each foot, you know? And by doing a lot of custom molds, they're actually collecting data. Did you ever thought about that? If you do, like, imagine if you do 500 molds, 500 custom molded boots, you're collecting data. If you put everything, imagine, I don't know if this is even possible, but if you put all of those in a computer, you will come to an average foot size on a 42 or to an average 43. I don't know if this was ever done when it comes to skate technology, but this could be very, very powerful to come with a, yeah, with a skate that could work with a it, lot of people. It could be. But I wonder if anyone did something like this. I don't think so. Like, maybe like, I don't know, the... The Simons Racing, there is a company called Simons Racing. Mm -hmm, they also make like the the boots that you can buy off the shelf. So maybe they did something like this. Maybe Mariani, Mariani sure from Italy also does it. So could be. Yeah. They they have they have all the data to be able to do it. So I, I'm pretty sure there's other companies out there that could do it, especially when it comes to ice skating. Because in ice speed skating, a lot of those companies, they make the customs and then they also have the, the regular stock boots. Now, you were, now, the third thing that I wanted to talk from those that you were speaking and I said I wanted to comment, you said about 3D printing being like layers. And then you spoke about carbon being like layers. I know. Carbon is usually... Um, it's kind of like but a, it's different. Yeah, but let me let me explain. So basically, <laughs> it's a layer of something that it's very strong. We know carbon is like a it's like a like a fabric that it's very very strong, and then it has the resins that will make it stiffer on different directions because carbon as it is, you can push it pull it as much as you want and you won't rip it. It's very strong especially if they mix it with different things like carbon with Kevlar's and all that stuff that they do to increase the the strength of it. But I don't know what's going to change in 3D printing, but there's a lot that can change. And again, I don't know enough about the technology at the moment. I'm getting more and more into it. And you were talking about precision and about printing a lot smaller. So basically those layers that you were talking about probably in the future, they will get smaller and smaller and smaller, kind of like the megapixels that we were talking about. Also, the technology that it's being done to fuse everything, it will for sure change. According to Kyle, the reason why most of the 3D printing stuff that we see, it's usually gray because of the treatment that they do to fuse all the cells or something like that. So once you start grinding on that, if you use them for for aggressive skating, that gray will come out and what's underneath is black. And once that gray comes out, that's when it becomes weaker. That's when they start shipping somehow. So I agree with what you said about being more fragile and it's not being there yet. But there's... There's potential. We both need to agree with it. Yeah, like 
yeah, uh, like uh, I would like to clarify with the layers of the 3D printing and the carbon because this is not the same thing. Like I know with the 3D printing, you have the layers which are oriented in the same way in one axis, like from the top to bottom. But uh, with the carbon, you have like one layer which is the basically one sheet of the um, of the carbon and it is formed around the uh, the you know like uh, the the cast i would say of the mm -hmm. foot and then the resin is painted over it and then another layer is laid on top and formed around so each layer is i would say continuous and they are simply glued together by the resin so it's much much stronger i would say it's like if you would have the wall made of the bricks stacked of one one on top of another and then you would have the wall made of the like high metal parts which are uh, riveted together i would say like so the second one would be stronger obviously okay so, and yeah, now so okay go, go. On, this, just, yeah, go, go. on this on this on the subject of the carbon boots i would also like to uh, say that i'm actually quite surprised that the aggressive skaters were like when the first um, dashi carbon and then usd carbon dropped like everyone was like it's crazy the amount of control and uh, how close you are uh, to the grinds like how close uh, your foot is to the grinds and how you can feel uh, the grinds on your sole plate and your, on your back sole plate and you know like everything everyone was this is the future the carbon skates are best and now everyone is back on the uh, plastic boots with the raised heel and super thick sole plates so yeah so <laughs> it's kind of funny <laughs> that says that has a lot to do with marketing you know what I'm saying? When when Valo made that carbon skate, everyone loved it, but then they all broke because they probably pushed it a little bit too far. Uh, now, ah, oh man, don't tell me that I just forgot what I was going to ask you because it was actually very interesting. Damn it. It was actually so good. <laughs> ah, the thing is, we're talking about carbon being amazing, but a very trendy topic when it comes to skating and not just in skating. It's eco-friendliness and carbon is not very eco-friendly. Have you ever been in a place where anything with carbon is being done? Yeah, it's not eco-friendly. Like you have uh, the dust particles, like it's not as bad as the asbestos i would say but but definitely something in um in this in this direction like when it comes to pollution man but if you know it, when i was at the factories if, if, to see those men working at the factory was one of the most shocking things i was at the at the micro factory which is the seba factory which is they produce more skates like a company called mx which is like a speed skating company and others. Going through the carbon, the part where they do the carbon molds, 
I don't know how people work there. That's all I can tell you. Like those ovens and all that. It's just very, very toxic. It's a it's a very toxic <laughs> environment and not talking about the yeah. way people talk with each other. It's like really toxic for the materials being used. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, like, the, but this is also having a lot to do with the standards that are the production standards that are in Asia. Like, uh, it's not only for skates. Uh, I don't know if you have heard that um, in the factory uh, where they make iPhones, they had uh, made like the safety nets under the windows. I know, for people not to, yeah. Because, yeah, for people not committing suicide. And like, you know, like, I, I guess that. It's man. It's it's a really tough topic, and uh, basically, what we have here in Europe and in the U.S. and Canada is we are piggybacking of the on the labor of the third world countries. It's the not like that anymore. Countries. I will I will need to go against you on that. After being in China more than once, and I visited a couple of factories, and even. Every Chinese that you will meet that is somehow related to manufacturing, they will all tell you the same. So basically, especially in the in the south area, where is known for being the tech capital, the Shenzhen area, right next to Hong Kong, it makes like it's a bordering city with Hong Kong. So in that area. You see a lot of people that went there to study and a lot of people that used to work in in factories. To start with, most of the people that work in factories, they have kids and most of them want their kids to study. And those new generations are now coming out. And it's very weird and it's very weird for us, especially in Europe, because we are somehow free. I'm not saying that they're not, probably they're not, but... We are very free to choose whatever we want, but in general, men in at least in China, they tend to study something related to engineering, so that they can have like a better position in a in a factory, or they can even run their own manuf- their own factories. And women tend to study um, other languages and business development, so that they can somehow make the companies work. So men are usually doing the engineering part or the, the hard work and women are doing all the communication. But it's been changing a lot and it's, it's been changing to the point that if a couple of years ago they could have, I don't know the prices that the labor would cost, but they gave me an example that it's more than three times more expensive. And nowadays to produce... It's cheaper to produce in India. It's cheaper to produce in countries like the Philippines and all that stuff. Singapore. Singapore, I don't know about Singapore because Singapore seems to be an expensive. I don't know. Singapore is like, it's a very, it's an expensive country. But Uh, they have have special economic zones where uh, like the foreign companies don't, hardly pay any taxes and uh, the cost of a labor is uh, lower so yeah but yeah, what so i wanted like to say is that it's changing somehow but yeah i understand yeah so. it's changing definitely but it's still not 
you know, like it, it's still not equal, I would say, worldwide, you know, like, um, and you, you lived in Africa, you also know how the situation is in the Africa, like the Europe and the US basically take the precious minerals, the, the gold and other uh, rare metals and uh, like it's the Africa become a one big mine, I would say, for the resources <laughs> uh, of of the of the you know Europe and and the US. So yeah, but so uh, people there also work in the very polluted environment, and you know also Europe imports a lot of exports. Sorry, a lot of trash to Africa. So. Yeah, so, yeah, but uh, I, this is another point. What you're talking about actually point, so. is it's funny because being in Africa, a lot of a lot of what's been used in China or any manufacturing countries, a lot of times comes from Africa, and then when it comes back to Africa, it becomes very expensive. Like you said, metal or whatever it's oils and old yeah. like pe petrol, whatever you call it. it. It's but it's like that they. If they don't use it, there will be someone that uses it. I will make you another question. I will let you finish the thought that you had right now, and I'm going to make you another question after. Yeah. So, so, so my thought was like when you are holding the skate in shop, for example, or even have it on your feet, like you are seeing, oh, this is nice carbon skate. This is this is nicely made, but. You know, there's a story behind that product, how it came to be. And uh, sometimes, you know, like you need to know that uh, the standards of the of the health and safety and how the production is environmental friendly are not really high. So. I really like what Rollerblades did several years ago. Like they um, ended with uh, the plastics that contain the uh, PVC mixture, mm -hmm. and uh, because to make the them more friendly, I like what Rachas does. Like they um, use more recycled material mm -hmm. now. Like the current very Majestic smart. 12 is made like. 100% of recycled material, I think. Uh, so, yeah, so when it comes to the the environmental cost of the 3D printing itself, back on topic, mm -hmm. uh, the less po the less pollution is, is created, less waste, because uh, in this process, the SNS, you can reuse the unused powder if you have any leftover powder in the box after 3D printing, you can simply reuse the powder. So there, there is not uh, much of a waste. But as I said, it costs a lot of energy for that high-powered laser. So yeah, so that energy needs to come from somewhere. So yeah, so in the countries like Poland, uh, we don't even have a one nuclear plant. Every um, every uh, energy plant we have in our country uh, is basically coal-based. Like so, yeah. So the electricity comes from coal. So it's still 
bad for the environment. Mm -hmm. So it's never easy when it comes to the environmental price. So I would say that in some circumstances, even the carbon made skate, as much as pollution it generates locally, in the bigger outcome, it can be better for environment than 3D printing the same amount of skates, I would say. I'm sure that you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I fully understand what you're saying. Now, I have two more questions and then we, like not questions, two other themes that are somehow related to what we've been talking about. And then I'm happy. One of them, we're talking about China. And we were talking about China producing this, China producing that. And we were talking about how expensive the 3D printers are at the moment. What about when other manufacturers start producing these 3D printers? Because that's when the technology starts evolving. Because at the, at the moment, if we have that HP produce, making these printers and that's it, maybe that's one of the reasons why it's going, but it's going slower. Once there is more companies starting to do it and they start we start having more competition. It's just like cameras. I'm going to give you the camera example again. A couple of years ago, there was Canon and Sony and JVC, Panasonic. That was it. Nowadays, you have all these Chinese cinema companies and whatever, they're like cinema cameras, and you have other companies from whatever. They're, the competition is making things evolve faster and become cheaper. So that could also be something yeah. to happen. It will get cheaper over time. Uh, at the moment, there are more companies making 3D printers than HP, and there are more techniques than the SLS. There is the very basic one, which is uh, FDM, Fused Deposition Modeling, which is like... Uh, the most popular type of the 3D printer. So you have like the uh, a string of material. Mm -hmm. The ones that people have at home. And, and yeah, and like you, you can have it at home, but it's making uh, very low quality models. But there is also stereolithography, which works in the similar way to the SLS. But uh, instead of using the powder, it uses the tank with uh, the fluid resin. Mm -hmm. So it is uh, the uh, resin is hardened by the UV, and uh, this method wouldn't be applicable for skates for several reasons. One is because the model is printed from uh, bottom to top. Sorry, from top to bottom. It uh, requires the support structures, so you need to have the additional parts in the model to make it not falling apart during the 3D printing process because there is no support because this is all fluid. And then because this, is, this resin is hardened, but the UV light, actually exposure to the sunlight of that model would uh, weakened it over time, so it's no good for the skates. But there, are, I I know the three main methods of the 3D printing, but I'm 
uh, also aware that there are other and um, some are even trying to you know like not making the 3d printing in only one uh, one plane like layer on top of layer on top of layer but making it like uh, more i would say like um, 3d so that various parts of the model yes, could yes. be uh, printed in a different axis so that would make the model stronger yeah it would increase the strengthness of it yes and now that you were talking about strengthness and that we spoke about recycling material i'm gonna need to bring something that it's not really related to 3d printing but maybe sooner or later we'll get there and i'm talking about two aggressive skates that used to be classic skates and they disappeared apparently they weren't the molds were not good anymore i'm talking about the classic thrones and i'm talking about the usd cyrus according to what has been told to me from usd the cyrus there was something that was related to the fact the manufacturer used too many recycled materials so i think they had a maximum of 30% or something like that of recycled materials that could of recycled plastic that was used on other samples and all that that they could use on the final model which is something that it's normal which is actually good for eco-friendliness but according to what i've been told to me they actually used more and that made a complete batch of cyrus starting to break and people lost the confidence they stopped selling them and somehow it wouldn't make sense to keep producing it. So nowadays we have no more Cyrus. With the Thrones, they said the mold was too old. I don't know exactly how a mold gets too old or not. But I, I don't know enough about it, yeah. to be honest with you. But I can tell you that maybe now bring like bringing the topic <laughs> back to this conversation, once or when the day comes that we can have... 3D printed <laughs> shell boots. Maybe these will come back. What do you think? Maybe I I would say like I think um, if you would look at the amount of molds available on the market right now, like there are so many unused. The case in point is uh, the Dam nine o eight, like. Uh, John just was fishing for molds in China and found the old mold which wasn't basically used by anyone then cleaned it up made a salt plate for it and bam you have a skate and but then he ended up making the, the new one still <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's, it's true but you know like you have to start somewhere Royal Blade also did a similar thing with the RB80, which is a very successful skate, and a lot of people like it. Yeah. Uh, and the mold was just some generic uh, factory-owned mold, I would say. It was and the same with the Sway. Gave it. It was. Yeah, it was the the same same with with the with the old Sway. Yes, yeah, the old Sway was the Bronx. They just. They yeah, and they just gave it a new parts like, and I think that the RP80 boot actually would make a great aggressive boot also, because it's it's really really good. 
And I'm quite sure that there are many more malls out there that can, can be used. We have spoke about the Metro mm -hmm. uh, in one of, of the podcasts before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the Metro boot could also be as well reused by some company to make a pretty good free skate out of it. And I think that even the wider aggressive skate a bit like a Genesis, I would say the Razor Genesis style skate would also could came out of it. So yeah, so you never know. So I would say if someone wants to start a company and start making skates, I would suggest them to like do what John did and uh, with with them skates and simply look around what's available and how you can improve existing things instead of trying, you know, like and building the entire mold. From, you know from what's scratch. the dream? The dream is to bring the Salomon skate back. So not mine, but <laughs> it is the dream. Yeah, and and yeah. I, I guess most other people have that dream. And once 3D printing is there, there will be someone that will and be able to make you it. Know, you, know, you know what is, uh, what is uh, funny? That um, there are Chinese copies of the Salomon mold, uh, and one of them was used by Roches to make like the budget. I know, I know. Uh, super budget skates. It was Element 52 or something like that. Uh, also called, the Swindler yeah, from so Rollerblade, no? The yeah, last swindler was uh, the same. The yeah, the the last swindler was is similarly looking to Salomon, but it's it's a bit of a different mold. It's it's the rework mold that the Anarchy skates were using. Uh, if you or Alchemy, Alchemy, it was Alchemy from the UK. It was a company for a brief period of time. But it's not a direct copy. I would say it's, it simply looks like it. But the crazy thing is the Decathlon was making almost exact copies of the Salomon. They have like the aggressive Oxaloskate. Yes. If you were, if you were I know, I know. And there were like the ST, the STI. So with the, with the soft upper. So yeah, so. If someone wants to bring back the Salomon, like I could see that how one of those ones could be used to make a similar skate, and the like, the difference co comes down to the materials used. If you use the premium materials to make such skate, you will get something that can be compared to the Salomons, I think. But if you will get them to be made out of the super cheap materials like Roaches did with the budget skate or, or how Decathlon did it, you will end up with the best skate anyway, no matter what the template is used. Man, you just made me want... I just opened the Oxello website. Now I want to buy a pair of the Excel, the Oxello Street <laughs> 5. No, it's not Street 5. It's the Oxello Street. I really want to buy this skate and make a review. I really want to do it. <laughs> let, let, let me just finish. <laughs> you know how, how I'm going to finish this? I'm, so if no one listens to the podcast till now, they, don't, they won't know. Whoever listens to it will know about it. You know those shoes called the kick rollers, the ones that you kick the heel of each other and the wheels come out? Have you seen those? 
It's some shoes. Yep. It's not the Heelys. It's different. It's the shoes that the wheels really come out like roller skates. Two wheels in front, two in the back. They come from the middle. I just bought two pairs, one for me and one for Janice. <laughs> they should take like three yeah. weeks or something. It's going to be the best <laughs> video. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> do they have like the the do they have like the green plate like soap shoes? No man, it's impossible. So basically, you need to you need to to google it. Kick rollers. It's basically the sole as like a space for the wheels in the middle and then when you kick the heel against the wall or against each other the wheels just roll out they they come from the middle and they become oh, yeah. almost like trucks and I'm, I, <laughs> yeah the the trucks don't turn I, obviously i see it now <laughs> i see it now i i have googled it yeah so <laughs> they sell it on it's wish and i heard stuff. that the wish guy is polish so you i, I thought you would have heard about it <laughs> Uh, you know like uh, wish wish is crazy when whenever i see ads from wish it's some stuff i cannot even you know like i i don't know what is this for like they always advertise some crazy junk i would say they advertise a lot of stuff I, I but don't... have you seen the video that i made about wish basically the all the pictures that they use at least the ones that i saw they are by companies they are company uh, pictures from other companies and they just photoshop it so basically they are selling some inline skates that they you know barbara luciana she is the the team skater from kaya which is the power slide roller skating brand i was the one mm -hmm. person i used to be the brand manager of the um, the lifestyle project from kaya and the park project and i was the one bringing Barbie, that's how we call it, to the Kaya team. I went to Barcelona a couple of times. I met her a couple of times. We made a couple of shoots with Kenneth. And there were some pictures shot by Kenneth. I was there that day. They, were, they are being used on Wish. And what they did is they basically, you can see the legs of Barbara and Barcelona background with some palm trees and the ocean and all that. And then they photoshopped the skates. They took off the roller skates. And they put some inline skates in the same angle. And when I first saw yeah. that, I, basically I saw that because I went on Wish to try to buy a pair of skates to make a video. And then I recognized the picture. So I ended up making a whole video completely different about it. So no, I'm not going to buy those kick rollers on Wish. I'm going to buy them on a, a very good place, which is called Amazon. <laughs> 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 yeah, like Jeff needs his money. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, that there's 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 no way, cheap. there's no skate shop selling it, so I need to buy them. <laughs> like man, like I, I'm happy actually that no skate shop <laughs> sells those. <laughs> I know, man, it's if, it's a joke. If, Basically, if any skate shop, yeah. Like, the reason why I want to make these videos, it's these sometimes are. I want people to know what they should not buy. And they might be fun. And when I skate them, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have lots of fun. But I already know what I'm going to say about them in that video because it's basically just, it's not a skate. It's not a roller skate. It's not an inline skate. It will be fun for me because they have wheels and I will enjoy it for a bit of time. But it's not something that I could imagine myself doing it consistently. Anyway, we're going yeah. out of topic. And <laughs> I guess... It's time for us to say, I've, yeah, yeah, 
to wrap up. I think that we have covered this uh, subject pretty well. So, you know, like we uh, kind of um, started on another subject I want to uh, talk a little bit more about. Uh, but let's save it for the future. You want to you want to leave uh, just a, you want to yes. give us a little clue, so that people know what to expect uh, yeah, in the future. Yeah, so I uh, I would want to talk about what companies do when it comes to their image, but also to the focusing of their product lines, mm -hmm. like because in my opinion, it's all over the place. Like you see the products being developed. No, 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 don't speak, don't, don't speak yet. Don't speak yet. Don't speak yet. Don't speak yet. We will get there. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it also relates to, uh, you know, like kind of things getting wasted. Yes. Yeah, let, let, let's just the, say the, the one week yeah. marketing, the one, the one week hype, yeah. and then it's over and all the money for the one week hype. But we will talk about it. Anyway. To everyone who yeah. listened to this, I hope you guys enjoy it. I don't know if anyone got till the end, but if they did, well, <laughs> we, we were having fun. We were talking about something that we really enjoy. And these two skate geeks usually love to do this. This was supposed to be recorded like a week ago. We both have kids. It, sometimes it's not as easy as we want. But this is real life, and this is what we do. <laughs> we love skating. We have real lives, and... And we're here. So if you guys enjoyed this one, well, I don't really know all that stuff that you say about the podcast, but maybe share this with your friends. If you have someone who is into skating, share it with them on your social media, send them a WhatsApp message. Well, I heard that you can make reviews depending on where you watch it. If it's on the, on the Apple podcast, you can make reviews and this will make Apple suggest this to more people. I know that Spotify is, in, is investing hardly on their podcasts and a lot of people are releasing video podcasts, the ones that they allow. So maybe in the future, this will be a video podcast. Who knows? But for now, it's like this and I hope you guys enjoy it. I do. I don't know. Camel, have you been enjoying it or what? <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good way to talk about stuff and I, I actually like to do yeah. it. It's more... It's really, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like after talking about these things, it's like, okay, I said it, it's out there. Whoever listens to it, they do. If they don't, well, yeah, it's there. They can listen to it. You know, like for, for me, like it's always a pleasure to talk about the technology in skating and about skates and skating. But, you know, like when I know that someone else can actually listen to us too, talking about this and like, coming into certain conclusions like it's even better you know like awesome like i kind of feel like all this talking is not in vain <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing is i told you before like i met you about four uh, five years ago maybe at ispo and i remember yeah. since that first time I was always like, I used to speak with a good friend of yours with Thomas and I would always say to Thomas Camille he knows a lot. He is the man. Every time that I speak with him for five minutes, I'm always intrigued about everything he says. And I always thought you were a very, very interesting character. Like, even when you comment on something on Facebook, the type of answers that you do, and like, I always loved it. And I always wanted to share that 
with the people that sometimes listen to what I say because a lot of people think that I know a lot. I'm I'm just someone that loves these a lot and I know there are other people out there that really like skating as much as I do and they have a lot of interest just like you. So it's cool to be able to have these conversations with someone with the same amount, sometimes even more about some subjects. So it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And, appreciate getting and, the possibility <laughs> now, man, it's all to good. share my insights. It's good. We're going to keep going with this. Yeah. And with that being said, we're coming to an end. And let's roll that outro.